The dream of a lot of U.S. national team fans is closer to becoming a reality as Julian Green is set to train with the national team. This is the SBI Show. I am Garrett Cleverly. With me, as always, is Ivis Galarsep. How you doing, buddy? Doing pretty well, Garrett. We, uh, you know, for for the listeners who are wondering what happened to us uh, last at the end of last week, mm-hmm. uh, a series of events uh, con- conspired to keep us from doing a show. Uh, last Friday, uh, so we weren't able to get it get it out there. So we're doing this show a day early, and uh, we might have to give folks a three day uh, three show week just to make up for it. Uh, yeah, that's why we're doing Sunday. That was the old routine. I have a Sunday night we do a show, Tuesday night we do a show, and Thursday night we do a show. I can't remember why we didn't do a show last week. It, it's it's eluding me. <laughs> we, it, it, I think it has something to do with your. It was a combination of your bad luck and. Yet another snowstorm in New Jersey. Yeah, I know. I don't know. I've seen. I saw some of the pictures. I mean, it looks looks pretty intense out there, Ivis. I mean, I was working on my tan today. Oh, you're gonna get you're gonna get kicked in the head. <laughs> no, I tell you what, it's it, we're, I'm used to snow. You know, we're used to the weather out here, but it's getting out of control. It's just it's starting to wear you down. It's starting to wear me down, man. It's a, we got like 18 inches on Friday and. Now, and then, like, just to tease us, it snowed again, like, on Saturday, like, another couple of inches. Mm-hmm. And now on Tuesday, I think it's going to snow again. So yeah. it's just, like, just stop it already. It's crazy. That sounds horrible. It's all right. I mean, you know, it's, uh, I don't know. It's, as long as you know how to drive in the snow, I think you're okay. And uh, it, it hasn't been treacherous, the conditions. I mean, I know, I know some other parts of the country, obviously, like Atlanta. And I think the Carolinas were really oh, yeah. bad with, as far as ice and stuff. Uh, once you start getting in the in the situations where there's like ice covered roads and down power lines, uh, I mean, I'll I'll take I'll gladly take two to three feet of snow over ice and down power lines because that's just that's just crazy. Yeah, well, I don't, you know what? I can't say much. I've never even driven. In you can't. That, you can't. Yeah, you yeah. can't relate. So uh, yeah. Uh, all right, I was, We talk about the new. Sorry, we talk about the weather way too much on this show. Um, we got to talk about soccer. Julian Green, you talked, you were, you put this out on Twitter the other day. You reported at first that Julian Green will spend two days training with the U.S. men's national team prior to the Ukraine friendly, but he will not play in the game. We've talked about this before with Jurgen. I think this is excellent. You call him in. If he comes in, awesome. If he doesn't, then he doesn't. But he's coming into camp, and I think a lot of national team fans, Ivis, are very excited about this young player. Uh, without a doubt. I mean, obviously... Uh, he he's the player that that a lot of fans are, are kind of anxious to see what happens with him, as far as the dual nationals go. When you talk about a player who's 18 years old, is in the Bayern Munich setup and and is thought highly enough by Pep Guardiola to to be put into a Champions League game and to be part of the first team squad on preseason and and on their their trips uh, their their winter break trips. I mean he he's part of that system, so he's he's obviously shown enough from that standpoint to. To, to to get that those opportunities at Bayern Munich, so there's something there, you know. There's some quality to be had, and you know, obviously, I'm always someone who tell who tells people to take it easy with young players and and don't get overboard and don't go don't get too crazy until these people, you know, until the players show something. But when you want to talk about Julian Green and you look at those circumstances and Pep Guardiola, obviously thinking so highly of him, uh, you can kind of be, you can get a little excited. But uh, again, just to warn everybody, he has not committed to the U.S. yet. I know there was a report out of out of uh, Germany. I know Build uh, jumped the gun a bit on that. It's you know they 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 went right out with it that he's already committed and he's going to play for the U.S. and this and that. Uh, Julian Green's father actually came out on Twitter and said no, he's just going to train. Uh, and my sources at U.S. Soccer told me he has not 
Uh, he has yet to file the one-time switch. He's not in the process of doing that just yet. Uh, so all we can do now is wait and see what happens next. I mean, I think the fact that he was open to the the, the, the possibility of going to train with the team, that's progress. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have to give Andy Herzog a little credit, the U.S. assistant coach. He went out to Munich and met with Julian Green and, and, and you know, talked to him and, and gave him the sales pitch. Uh, you know, they tried this in November. And obviously he chose not to come. And part of the reason he chose not to come was because he wasn't going to be able to play in a friendly anyway. So why go through all that trouble to travel and this and that? But, you know, this time around, I think the fact that they're going to train in Germany uh, made it that much easier for Green uh, to come be a part of that whole setup. And I'd say it's interesting and not and, and, and I haven't heard this, haven't been told this, but it would be interesting to think that it, it, possibly Jurgen Klinsmann planned it. Uh, that way specifically for Julian Green, you know, set up uh, base camp for a few days in Germany with the team to bring the team closer to Julian Green. That's probably a little far-fetched, but it's definitely the timing of it all is a little convenient. You know, they're they're, they're not going to train in the Ukraine. They're going to go to the Ukraine uh, the day before the friendly. Uh, and so he's going to have – Julian Green's going to have two days to spend with the team, get to know the guys, kick the ball around, and, and, and see how he feels, see if he feels comfortable and. You know, you hear so much about how how American he feels, and mm-hmm. you know, obviously he's come. He, you know, he's born in the U.S. He's visited the U.S. Uh, through the years, so he he's got some connection there. So once he gets into a camp with other Amer with other Americans, mm-hmm. uh, you, you'd like to think he's going to feel at home. He's going to feel comfortable. Yeah. That's what ha- that's what's happened with every every dual national that's that's come through the same process. That's exactly right. I mean, in, in Jurgen, we we as, as I said before, we, we've talked about this. Jurgen has done this. A lot with the, with a lot of other guys. I mean, Aaron Johansson, John Brooks. I mean, the one thing that when they go to camp, I mean, you're gonna, you're, I'm sure you'll see right away Jermaine Jones, probably Terrence Boyd, putting an arm around uh, Julian Green. I mean, you're gonna hope that those guys do. Right. I mean, I don't think it's gonna be overboard, uh, but they're gonna make them feel welcome. And you know, something that you know I've always heard about American teams, it's not just the U.S. national team, but even MLS teams, is that you know it, it's a little different in that Americans are are. You know, they embrace the newcomers. They embrace the new guys and they bring them into the fold. Whereas maybe in other parts of the world, when you're the new guy, you have to kind of earn that place. And then, you know, you start out as the outsider and you have to kind of earn your way in. Mm-hmm. In the U.S., you know, actually, Peter Vermees was, was the one who kind of shared that sentiment uh, when I talked to him, the sporting Kansas City uh, manager slash former U.S. national team player. Uh, you know, he said that, you know, the American teams, you know, they, they bring you in, they, they, they embrace you, they make you part of the group. And, and if you do something wrong to, to, to mess with that, then you then you get cast out and it's kind of reversed in other parts of the country. So, hey, you know what, if, if they make him feel comfortable and then he, he looks at it and he says, you know what, I feel I feel this makes me feel American. You know, I mean, he's obviously American. His father's a serviceman. He was born in America. But maybe that give makes him feel what he needs to feel to represent the U.S. Uh, on the national team stage. And and one interesting thing, Ivis, that, that has kind of come out of this, and it, it's really quiet, but but you but you can sense that there's some people who are kind of raising the question of, you know, are there too many dual nationals playing for the U.S. men's national team now? And I think that's absolutely ridiculous for people to even say that. I mean, especially as a country, that you know, America, where everyone is from somewhere they're not really from. I mean, that's, for me... That doesn't fill the American spirit. And, and, and for me, I mean, look, I, I love seeing guys from all over the place. And I think it's ridiculous for people to say that, oh, there's too many dual nationals on the team. 
Right. I mean, you wonder where it comes from. Obviously, there's some people who I, I, what one thing I do think it is, is I think there's some questions about, well, why can't we develop these players? Why can't we develop more players who are born and raised in the U.S., developed through the U.S. development system? And, 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 and the fact that there's so many uh, players who were not raised in the U.S. that are in part of the system now, when you think about Mix Discrude, Aaron Johansson, Terrence Boyd, Jermaine Jones, Fabian Johnson. Uh, now potentially Julian Green and 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 you know what when it comes down to it, uh, the American player, the American race player has to get better, and, and these all these all the players I just mentioned, uh, John Brooks as well, uh, you know they are all eligible to play for the U.S. Uh, by blood, by by their relations, you know, by their their parents' birth, their birthright as the child of an American citizen. I mean, it's in, it's, it's, that's the law, right? You can't, you can't go ahead and knock that and say, oh, well, you know, he, what, he's not really American because he was, he didn't, he didn't grow up here. He didn't live here his whole life. And I don't know. I, I mean, I've always said, I think that's a Mm -hmm. bunch of hog, you know, a bunch of, you know, bunk anyway. I mean, think about, I mean, Julian, first of all, Julian Green was born in America. He was born in Florida. It wasn't a case of him being born in Germany and never having come to the U.S. He was born in 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 the U.S. and then he moved when he you know he moved eventually to Germany. Uh, his father's a serviceman for you know retired serviceman now, so like it, it, that's it's a joke, you know. But I I understand for the frustration of the U.S. fan who wonders why can't we get more of the of the players well, who are actually coming through the system. But you know what? They just have to get better. The yeah. system has to get better, and those players have to get better. Well, and that's exactly right. I mean, the system, Ivis, hasn't been in place for that long. It, look, and before people go, oh, well, you know, guys were playing soccer in, you know, 1980s, 1990s. But it's different now with, with the way it's being run, with the way it's being taught. I mean, not, not that I want to, like, run into it too much, but, I mean, look, I was at a youth game today, and I saw – Marcelo Balboa coaching the youth team. I mean, 15 years ago, a former U.S. men's national team player was not coaching a youth team. I mean, think about that now. 10 years from now, Ivis, we will see that. Where we're going to see U.S. players emerging. We've kind of seen that already. Guys like DeAndre Yedlin, Luis Gill, Diego Fagundes up at uh, New England Revolution. It's going to take a while to get there, but eventually it will get there. And it's and I don't want to get too far ahead of myself, Ivis, but it's spooky to think, you know, with the population this country has and with the talent, oh, it could be great, Ivis. Well, yeah, I mean, obviously, there's talent coming through the pipeline, and there are American players that that have come through the system. So it's not it's not as if the system isn't producing players. But the fact is, that, you know, the U.S. is 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 found success in 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 bring, embracing the dual these dual nationals and making them part of the setup. And and there's absolutely nothing wrong with that at all. I mean, it makes the team stronger. I mean, you look at other parts of the other parts of the world, other national teams stronger, more recognize national teams that have dual nationals. I mean, look at, I mean, Portugal, right? Portugal, number four team in the, in the world. They have, they have, they've had dual nationals through their history and they have them now. Pe, uh, their, their center back, Pepe, the Real Madrid center back, he's Brazilian, but he plays for Portugal. Before that, they had Deco, again, a Brazilian, played for Portugal. So, you know, you, you could go through, you know, any number of, of teams, you know, the, Fre- the, the French national team. Yeah, wasn't the Vier- French 2010 World Cup like all dual national players? 2010 yeah. or, or the World Cup winning team. Well, the World Cup winning team even had had some have some dual nationals as well. So, uh so it's it's a part of the international game, right? And and and, and here's the thing, right? It'd be one thing if these were players who you know, weren't born in the US. They 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 just played, you know, they just played in MLS for a couple of years and all of a sudden they're playing on the on the US national team. If you had that going on, 
then I can see like, okay, what's what's the deal here? These these players have no ties to the U.S., not by birthright, not by uh, you know where they were born, not, uh, not that their family, not their parents. There's no ties. Just they came as a professional and played. And obviously the uh, the immigration laws prevent that in the U.S., unlike some other countries where, where you've had that kind of situation. So, you know what? There's nothing wrong with it at all. Uh, it, it, it just You just need the, the U.S. player development system needs to improve. And it's already improving. That's the one thing I do want to preface. It is improving. It, it's, it been, it's been improving over the last couple of years. And you look at it now on the, on the, on the younger level when you talk mm-hmm. about the U-17s. Yes. Uh, and, and, I mean, you see it. I mean, obviously working working with, with that, that age group and, and people who have seen the U.S. U-17 team now, uh, the talent that's there. We're going to start seeing more and more talent coming through the U.S. development system. But for right now, it's just kind of this perfect storm of there, there's not enough top-end talent coming through the U.S. pipeline. But then there's all these cases of – Dual nationals, you know, are, you know, especially in Europe, who who Jurgen Klinsmann, and before him Bob Bradley, with the help and with the help of Thomas Rangan when he was the U.S. Mm-hmm. Under Twenty coach, they really tapped into uh, tapped into a, a system there. They tapped into uh, a commodity. Uh, you know, they they've kind of hit a gold mine in a way. You know, and so there's nothing wrong with that at all, folks. You should enjoy it, embrace it, and it, it makes the U.S. team stronger. Then why the hell not? There's just always gonna be people, man. No matter what, there's gonna be haters. But you, this U17s, man, they performed well. We didn't talk about it, but they performed well. They went, they went to the Canary Islands. They did very well against Spain and Argentina, only losing uh, by one goal, and both like at the very end of the match. And I mean, look, the development for the young guys, Ivis. It's these kids. I mean, when they go, I mean, they expect to win. Now it's no longer, oh, we're playing against Spain. It's no, we're gonna beat Spain. It's it's fascinating, man, to see this change. Right. Well, I mean, you know, we're not going to get too much into the youth thing, but it, it's <laughs> the, the development system is improving. It has improved. Like you said, the coaching is getting better uh, mm-hmm. on the youth level. You have the development academy, which is kind of given a structure to, to the whole thing nationally. So, uh, you know, I think I think now we're starting to see some some uh, some of that pay off. And we're still going to have to wait a few years. Oh, yeah. Especially when you when you think about the MLS academies who are who are still just now really starting to kind of produce. Uh, more and more players that can make it onto onto MLS rosters. So, I mean, all, all that in time, I think I think the next five years are going to be very interesting on that front. Yeah. Uh, speaking of young players, you said just said with MLS academies, uh, Fagundes, not American. I apologize, everyone who flipped out when I said that. Uh, okay. More importantly, <laughs> well, well, hey, hey, he's not an American, but who knows, right? I mean, yeah, I know actually, yeah, that is true. He did. Uh, what did what did he fill out again? I can't remember. Uh, he may or may not have a green card already, but he's still he's still a few years away. It, even if he wanted to play for the U.S., he's not eligible right now. But I tell you what, I don't I don't think anyone I don't think anyone would mind if Fagundes uh, ended up playing for the U.S. And no. look, he's lived here for a long time, so uh, it, it, it'd be it's a little different case, you know. When you come here as a kid and you're you're raised here, mm-hmm. uh, you know, absolutely, why not? He, he I like he's fun to watch. Uh, Ivis, more importantly. Pressing matters. Uh, Julian Green probably will not get called up to this match, but USA versus Mexico has been announced, and guess where it is? In Phoenix, Arizona. And you know what that means? It's an SBI reunion, and we will actually throw an SBI party. <laughs> right. I mean, never never mind the, the USA-Mexico rivalry. It's all about the party that we're going to throw. <laughs> Who cares about the game, man? It's meaningless. It's only a friendly. It's only, yeah, it's only a friendly, yawn. Right. No, no, no. Kidding, kidding aside, it, it's going to be it, it's an important game. It's, yes. a, it's a good game. I know I, what I found interesting was that when the first the rumors first came out about this game 
potentially happening. There, there, there was a little bit of backlash from people who were like, why do we have to play Mexico again? We played too many times. This is just a cash grab. And you know what, folks? It, it is definitely going to make some money. But think about what both these national teams now, more reliant on domestic players, domestic-based players. This is a this is a very important game for both teams because when you look at how many MLS, uh, how many national team players now are, are in MLS – uh, and also how many national team players are in Liga MX uh, that play for Mexico. Uh, this is actually, it's 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 not going to have European-based players, but it's going to probably have like 60 to 70% of starters for both teams. So from that standpoint, it's actually going to be a very competitive matchup. And it's going to be interesting to watch, you know, because you hear you always hear, oh, you know, Liga MX or MLS, who has more talent. And, and look, folks, I, I, I've said it before. I'll say it again. As of right now, Mexican League is still stronger than, than MLS. There's more money in it. Uh, you know, they they have de- they have deeper pockets and, and they have more talent because of that. But MLS obviously is trying to catch up. They're they're starting to spend more money. Obviously, you see what Toronto FC is doing this year. They're just they're just making it rain over up in Toronto. But uh, you know, it, it, it it's going to be a good game, and I think there's definitely a lot of value in that friendly. Well, okay, I, I just jotted down a, a quick roster for for the U.S. I mean, think about this: you could you can throw uh, Nick Romano, Brad Evans, Matt Beasley, Omar Gonzalez, Michael Bradley, Clint Dempsey, uh, Landon Donovan, and Eddie Johnson out there. Ivis, that's I mean, that that's the, all those guys are going to Brazil did, to begin with. So even did you this, say Om- Omar Gonzalez, Matt Beasley, did you say those guys? Yes, I did. I did say those guys. Well, yeah, Romano, Evans, Beasley, Gonzalez, Bradley. Uh, who's your left back? I, I don't know. I haven't. Well, okay, but I'm, I'm, I said for sure, guys. I mean, not not that I'm saying that these guys are. Landon you know, Donovan. Yeah, yeah, I have Landon Donovan, but I'm not saying that Graham these guys are going to Brazil for sure. But oh yeah, Graham Zuzzi. See, I forgot about Graham Zuzzi. I mean, this is going to be a good U.S. team against Mexico. For potentially Marisa do. No, it's gonna it's gonna be a good team, and the same with Mexico, the Mexican League. I mean, you know, you remember that 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 their their coach uh, went with all domestic players mm-hmm. to beat New Zealand. Uh, in the uh, World Cup playoff uh, playing game, uh, playing series, so it, it, I'm looking forward to it. You know, it's and I'm also looking forward to going to Phoenix. I've already booked my flight. Yes, uh, I, I've been there. Uh, I've been there for actually for the U.S. team's last two games there, the Venezuela game, and then and the two zero uh, U.S. Mexico win back in 2007. So uh, you know, it, it's going to be fun. It's I think it's going to be a good game, and, and I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to it too. It's going to be. Uh... I don't, you know, it's great. I don't have to travel for it, so that's why I'm happy. <laughs> well, you know, we have to, the the biggest thing you have to worry about is finding finding a place for the party. Yeah, figuring out how, we have to make it happen. Well, you know what? We, we I know we let people down with the MLS Cup uh, situation. We didn't. We know we wanted to have a party. We couldn't pull it off. It was, it was just logistically just couldn't work out. Didn't work out for us. But being that this is on Garrett's home turf, mm-hmm. we should we should be able to make something happen. Well, I'm conflicted, right? Because there's three areas that we could party in, and I know which one you're going to want to party in, and I don't want to party in that one. So whatever, that, what does that mean? Well, okay, okay. There's it's, it's, there's listen, there's a street by Arizona State that's like college party scene. Then there's Scottsdale, which is like club scene, and then I live in downtown, which is like hipster scene. We're not so, going to Scottsdale. We're not going to Scottsdale. We might have to go to Tempe. Tempe's that's that's yeah. I mean, it's right next to. What happened to Phoenix? What happened to Mister Phoenix? What happened to Phoenix? Well, I mean, Phoenix is you know it's a little more hipster laid back, more beerish. No, not really. You know, bo- no bottle service for you, Ivis. I mean, I'm, I just want to show you a good time. Uh, you know what? I just want I just want us to have ha- have a gathering where the 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 fan the U.S. fans that come into town that are also SBI show listeners slash SBI readers. Can come hang out, and and here's the thing, right? Obviously, mm-hmm. uh, the American Outlaws usually do a party 
the day before the game. So, you know, we, we'll see what they do because we don't want to conflict with them. Uh, oh, I'm already so on we'll, the American Outlaws Phoenix group. I'm like, this is what we're doing. I'm, I'm already on <laughs> All right. Well, we'll figure it out. But whatever it is, if, if, you're, if you're a U.S. fan and you're going to be in Arizona for that friendly, let us know on Twitter. Let us know in the, in the comment section on the site. Let us know where you'd like to have the party. Let us know and let us know if you're coming. Yes. Uh, yeah. Yeah. We, well, first off, we got to throw the party. And if, if you come out to Phoenix and you need to know where good Mexican food is, you can hit me up. I'll let you know all the good spots. That's that's actually that actually is the most important thing. Yeah. You keep talking about how good it is. I'm curious to see it. And I'm, I'm, good, I'm, I'm not a huge Mexican food guy. I am a little more so now because in, in 2013, I really had some good Mexican food uh, in Mexico City. And also in, believe it or not, Salt Lake City, which I, I know you said it wasn't that good, the food, the Mexican food in Salt Lake City. But well, it was anyway, just one I, place. I, it was just one place. Right, Red Iguana. But uh, I, I'm, 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 I'm kind of converted now. So I'm looking, I'm looking forward to having this amazing Mexican food you keep talking about. I'll, I'll take Cuba. you to this one place. It's Sonoran hot dogs. It's bacon-wrapped hot dogs. Then they put beans, sour How cream. How is that Mexican well, food? What you, they what put, just relax. They put, they, put, they put beans, oh. cheese tamales i mean dude it's unbelievable i am not interested in hipster mexican food i want real deal it is mexican food bro dude i'm like the only white person that goes there well that's the that's the problem yeah you know what i have to talk to my latino uh brethren in phoenix you know my mexican brothers uh, ask him about Re- ask him about Ritos. Actually, Ritos, but that's only open during lunch. So we'll go there for lunch one day. If you're listening and you're Latino and you live in Phoenix, tweet at me. Let me know where we should go eat. Wait, why don't you trust me? We're gonna go to dude. I know this all year, the good places. Listen, this might sound racist, but when it comes down to it, you're white. So what's that supposed to mean? That doesn't mean you anything. Know, you don't know from Latin food. Let's come on. Let's be honest. That is that <laughs> I no. I don't. I don't come buy on. any of this. I'm gonna trust the I'm gonna trust the Mexican uh, to to know where the good Mexican food is. That's just common sense, dude. It's all dude. The, first off, the good Mexican. First off, good food anywhere. <laughs> first off, good food anywhere in the world is in like a middle of nowhere with no sign, no nothing, a hole in the wall. I agree. That's with you. the I best. Agree. There's this one place that I'm taking. It's called Ritos, man. It's in the middle of a neighborhood. You drive past it, you don't even right. know it's a uh, restaurant. You know what? I'll give it a shot. I'll, wherever, wherever you. Well, you know what? You're the host, so wherever you want. Yeah, to go. this is my city. You can't tell me what to do. I'm not telling <laughs> Damn it. I'm I'm in charge for these three days. Just, you're right. Fair enough. But just so you know, if it's not good, I'm letting everybody know. And you're going to be shamed. I know shamed. you are. Yeah, I know. You're going right. sh- to get shamed, just so you know. Thank you. <laughs> oh, come on, Ivis. You can totally trust me. I mean, come on. You trusted me to do this show. And, I mean, I wasn't that bad for five, six, eight months. <laughs> it wasn't that bad until after five or six months. <laughs> uh, well, Ivis, moving over to the Americans abroad front, last weekend's performances from the Americans in Europe and abroad put us to sleep. This weekend, Ivis, lots of impressive performances, lots of things to talk about. The first thing to talk about, though, is Clint Dempsey. Fulham fired their manager. What does it mean for him? Well, uh, it's interesting because his uh, his loan is 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 only... Has, only has a couple more weeks left, and now they've gone and, and hired uh, German uh, coach Felix Magat, who is is notorious for being a real hard. Uh, no other way to say it. He's a hard ass. He's a guy who, who, who you know he, he's a terror when it comes to his training sessions and the way he handles his teams. And uh, you know the big thing is you know Dempsey only has two more weeks on his loan, and if you're a new manager and you're trying to help Fulham escape relegation. Are you going to give minutes to a guy who's not going to be around much longer? So that that that's the tricky thing, you know. 
So that being said, if he, if he's probably not going to play, then why even have him stay there? Why even have him mm-hmm. spend the next two weeks, uh, you know, finishing out that loan? Now, uh, Fulham plays one more game before March 1st. They play Chelsea on March 1st. And assuming he gets to play in that game as part of the loan, that means they have two games left. Two games left where he could potentially play in. Now, if he plays, if he's going to actually see some time, then sure, have him stick around. But if if the new manager is going to go in another direction, then why even have him stay? And yeah, I mean, you bring up a very good point for for Clint Dempsey. I mean, what does he get out of staying out there? Does the new manager really want him? I mean, for you, obviously, I mean, what do you think the best move is for him? I mean, is it to return to the Seattle Sounders and prepare for the upcoming Major League Soccer season? Uh, that's a good question. I mean, for me, I think he should come back. Um, but uh, Siggy Schmidt was. Quoted recently as saying, as far as he knows, he's going to stay there. And and if there's any positive about him staying all the way through that game, that, that, that March 1st game against Chelsea, is the fact that if he stays there, if he's in Europe, and he, he, you know, he stays with the team for that March 1st friendly, I mean that March 1st game against Chelsea, he could then join the U.S. national team for the Ukraine match. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he, since he'll already be in Europe, uh, then he could just, you know, head down to Frankfurt uh, spend a few days training and then play in the game. And, you know, given the injury situation and given the fact that there just aren't a ton of European options right now uh, for an all-European uh, U.S. national team, is, is kind of sc- as scary as that is to say, uh, that's a possibility. It's you know, uh, But, again, it depends on how long he stays, when, it, when the, the loan exactly uh, ends, expires. Uh, because if it if it expires before that March first game, mm-hmm. then do, then do you really have him stick around two weeks to play possibly play in one game? And you know, so that for me, I don't know. I mean, I I'd say it's hard to look at that loan just based on what's happened so far and and, and call it anything but disappointing. It's, it's it was a disappointing loan spell. Uh, one thing I would and and I said that going into the loan, like I had questions about the loan. I wrote a column on Goal.com about it before he even went there that, you know, I, I didn't know if it was the right move for him, you know, for him to go there and instead of, mm-hmm. you know, spending uh, spending the month with the national team and then joining Seattle uh, earlier than he's joining them now, actually having some preseason with his new team. Uh, I didn't think it was a good move for him. Uh, but what I, one thing I would like to point out about his struggles at Fulham is people should remember uh, he took a month off after the MLS season and he had some injuries uh, he played through some injuries at the at the end of the MLS season. I don't think people uh, realize that, or or you know, I, th- I think people overlooked that when they wanted to talk about his struggles and how bad he was with Seattle, or how disappointing he was with Seattle. But the fact is, he was hurt. He took time off, and then he joins Fulham, and basically he's working his way. But he's in preseason mode, mm-hmm. joining Fulham when they're in the middle of their season, when they're in, in midseason form. So it wasn't really it wasn't an ideal situation for him. So I, I think maybe it was a little unrealistic for people to expect him to hit the ground running when he's basically in preseason form and then having to play in the Premier League. Uh, it was it, it wasn't an ideal situation for him. And now to be fair, you've had other other guys step into situations like that and do fine. I mean, I remember obviously Landon Donovan. Uh, you know when he was when he did the loan with Everton, uh, he hit the ground running. Uh, right into you know right joining them in January and and and, and played well from the start. Yep. But with Dempsey, obviously it wasn't it wasn't quite there. And and obviously the team struggling doesn't help either. I mean Fulham's in last place in the Premier League. They're 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 having a nightmare season. Yeah, it, it's just the point that you brought up right there. 
Fulham was in mid-season form, and Clint Dempsey was coming in, preparing for the preseason. That, that's the thing that just confuses me about this. And, I mean, if you're the Seattle Senators, you're going to want him in camp. You're going to want him to immerse himself with the team because, I mean, let's face it, he did not look good last year for the Seattle Sanders. And, I mean, he looked tired, Ivis. I, to me, that was the one thing that stood out. I, I, here's an interesting thing about this. Can he extend his loan? I mean, what happens if Felix Magat just absolutely falls in love with him? I mean, can Dempsey stay there any, for the rest of the season? Can, or does he have to come back? Now, come on, Garrett. That, that's, that's, <laughs> that's crazy talk. I mean, you know what? He's on a loan. MLS season starts. He's, he's, you know, he's a Seattle Sounders player. There, there will be no extending of the loan. He will come back. Um, and and I, it is a little interesting that, you know, he, when he joined Seattle last summer, he, he, it was the same thing. He came in, he came in preseason form, mm-hmm. joining a team in season, and he never quite got going. You know, he wasn't really familiar with the team. And I know some people say, oh, this is excuse making. Uh, he's just not playing well. He's just not good anymore. He's lost it. I'm like, I don't know, folks. You got to settle down. Give the guy a break, right? I mean, he carried the team for how long? He carried the national team in in, in 2012, uh, in early 2013, and now you know he has he's had a rough rough few months, and everyone wants to write him off. It's unbelievable. Uh, I tell you what, once he gets once he comes back to MLS, once he gets mm-hmm. with Seattle, and they start this new season, I, I'm pretty confident that he's gonna he's gonna play much better. This time around, than he played last year. I think I think he's gonna come in and be at a at a much better level, uh, where he's not playing catch up with his teammates. I think mm-hmm. I do think it's a little weird that he won't have had as much time with his teammates. I mean, I know he spent some time with them in December and, and doing some kind of off season and drills and 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 whatnot. But uh, you know that that again, it goes back to that's why I had an issue with the with, with this with Fulham loan to begin with because. I just thought, I mean, obviously, look, when it comes down to it, Seattle didn't have much of a choice. It was part of Dempsey's contract that he was able to do this. And and so you can't really knock Seattle on it. I, I think Dempsey, uh, you know, for whatever reason, he wanted to go back. You know, he he, he obviously had good times at Fulham and he wanted to re, re, relive that and recapture that. And, and, and things change, man. Times change. You can't always go back home. You can't always go back to where you had had it good, right? I mean, he went back to Fulham. They have a new manager. They have new players. It's a different environment than when he left. Because remember, he mm-hmm. spent a year at, at Tottenham. So now we're talking about a year and a half removed from being at Fulham, and then you show up and you're going to be there for a two month loan. You don't, you know, you don't know a lot of the guys. You don't know the. You're not familiar with the head coach. So it was it was a tough situation, and I think you know what he he probably wouldn't admit it. But I have a feeling that if Dempsey had, could could do it over again, he probably wouldn't have gone on loan. Well, you know what? After the World Cup, we'll, we could look back and uh, debate. We could look at we could look at further if it was good or bad. Uh, moving over to good things, though, Ivis, because there were some good things that happened this weekend. It wasn't all just uh, bad stuff. Uh, Aaron Johansson gets a start, scores a goal. He played against Juan Agudelo. Uh, that was AZ versus FC Utrecht. Uh, Aaron Hansen, though, I mean, Ivis continues to have, perform well. I mean, look, he 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 needs to be starting in Brazil for for me. I mean, for me, he's starting in Brazil. Way keeps scoring goals. You have to put him in there. Uh, I don't, I don't agree. I mean, I think he's playing well. I just don't know if he's there. I mean, he's playing well in the Netherlands, but as we've seen, the Netherlands, you can score goals, right? I mean, it's not it's uh, uh, not to take anything away from him. He's had a great he's had a great season. But, you know, when you look at the system that, that Klinsman plays and you look at the pieces that are there and you look at the setup of the tournament, 
I just I just think Johansson is going to be a better fit coming off the bench, especially in that first game against Ghana. I think that first game against Ghana, you're going to put Josie Altidore up top. If Josie Altidore is healthy, he's going to be your guy. He's going to be starting up top. he give you that power up top uh, and have you know guys working off the wings. Now, could you have both of them start? Could you play Johansson on the wing uh, in a in a four two three one or a four three three? Play him wide potentially. Uh, but for me, I think I think you're going to more likely see guys like Donovan, Zusi, Bedoya working the flanks. You know, uh, in in the system that that you see against a team like Ghana, especially when you're going to want to have numbers in the midfield. So, you know, could you see uh, Johansson against a team like Portugal? In the second game, could you see him come off the bench against, uh, against Ghana, come in as the second half, uh, you know, impact sub? I can see that. But when we talk about kicking kicking off in Natal against Ghana in the opening match, uh, I don't know. I don't see Klinsman doing that. I don't. For me, I find a way to get him on the field. Uh, but, you know, I, I just think you know, I think Josie Altador is going to be the guy. I think Altador is going to be the starter up top. I know he's not scoring goals, but again, folks, he's playing in the English Premier League. He already showed he can score in, Nether- in the Netherlands. He's scored in like 50 goals in two years in the Dutch League. Uh, have people forgotten that, right? So it, you can't really sit there and look at Johansson and what he's doing and, and say, oh, well, he scored, you know, he's got 24 goals now. Josie's got two goals, so he must be better. They're playing in the same league. They're not even close. The, you know, the Premier League, Premier League's a whole other animal. So, okay. well, my argument's a little, I mean, it's a little more in depth than that. It's not just looking at the stats. I mean, you know, Aaron Hansen. I mean, he look, he's the hot hand. I mean, and if he continues to keep this pace, Ivis. I mean, imagine. I mean, he's going to be on fire when he gets to Brazil if he continues to score goals like this. It, that confidence, gotta... that confidence, over Bruin. Uh, that's all well and good, but against the, you know what, against a team like Ghana. You play in it's in international competition in a tough group. You want to go with the, the battle tested guy, the World Cup veteran. Josie Altador played in the World Cup already. Uh, he, he's going to be your guy. If it's an either or, it, it, for me, it's still no question. Josie Altador is going to be the starter. Uh, could could Johansson come off the bench? And we've seen Klinsman do that, right? We've seen the second half switch to the four four two. Uh, you know, pump balls in. I think you see that. Mm-hmm. I think I think you can absolutely see Johansson come in, 60th minute sub, and I can see him starting in the second game because again, you look at the schedule. Uh, it's you're not going to have the same starting eleven for all three games. It's just not going to happen. So, Aaron Johansson is going to have every opportunity to start, and I and I agree in that I think he'll have a good World Cup because confidence is a big deal, and he's a he's a he's a guy as young as he is. He he's a he's a confident player. He's mm-hmm. a, he 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 doesn't seem phased by much. He he has a he has a certain I don't want to say arrogance, but he has a certain confidence to him. Like I know I'm good, and and that's even before he put in these 25 goals, 24 goals this year. So that'll serve him well at the World Cup, and I think he's going to make an impact at the World Cup. I just don't think day, game one against Ghana. I just don't think he's going to start. You know what it is? It starts with the hair. He has great hair. That's what it is, Ivis. It's all about the hair. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. It's that. I mean, I think it, you know, it, it. It probably has more to do with him looking like Kevin Bacon. <laughs> so, so many, as so many U.S. fans love to talk about. I know. I but think it's hilarious. I, I would say this. I think it's interesting that you know, Azed. They play him as a target forward, and mm-hmm. in their four three three, and and he's not really like a traditional target forward. He's not holding up the ball. He's making runs. I mean, he has good height, so he can he can get on the end of things. Obviously, the goal he scored against Utrecht. Uh, was a header. It was nice. Uh, 
It's all right. It was good. It's confident. Right, I, I like the you know physicality. I mean, look, he sacrificed he, his body. I love that. I love seeing that. Young players getting their head down like that. Not enough players do that anymore. Yeah, you know, it was a good goal. Let's not get too crazy. But uh, you know what? I, I like the kid. I've been saying it for I don't know how many episodes now, going back to the fall, that I think he's going to make an impact. But, again, you have to think about what Klinsman likes to do. Uh, and, and, hey, who knows, right? If Altidore spends the next two months – uh, and doesn't score another goal in the season, mm-hmm. loses his job, isn't playing at Sunderland for the next two months, could then, in that scenario, maybe Johansson start over him? Possible. I just don't happen to think that's going to happen. I, I think I think Altura will get it figured out. I think he's going to find his form. I think he's going to score some goals, and I think he's going to head, head into the World Cup on a, on a good note. But if he doesn't, then yeah, Johansson, had, there's that possibility that he could end up being the starter. Uh, another player that may be heading into the World Cup on a positive note is Danny Williams. He, he's on the outside looking at Ivis, but continues to perform very well. Probably will get called up uh, for that friendly against Ukraine. And he scored another goal this past weekend uh, for Reading. I mean, Danny Williams, is he, he's, he's catching fire at the right time. Well, we've been talking about him for a few shows now that, that yes, he's, he's been starting all year at Reading. Uh, you know, they've had a pretty good season. They're in sixth place right now. They've got a pretty good lock on sixth place. And, and what sixth place gets you is a spot in the in the promotion playoff where uh, the, the teams uh, third through sixth uh, play a mini tournament and the winner goes to the Premier League. So, you know, they, they're, they're in, at a pretty good level. Uh, I actually got a chance to watch him play for the first time at Reading to, uh, on Sunday. They showed the game on BN Sports, uh, Reading against Queens Park Rangers, and good matchup. Obviously, QPR, uh, one of the better teams in the league championship, and you know he was matched up against Joey Barton and 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 had had some good battles there. He looked good. He looked good. You know, I, I thought he played well, and obviously he scored a nice goal for them, first goal of the mm-hmm. game. His second goal in three games, uh, you know, he had scored all year, and all of a sudden now he's got two goals in three games. So, mm-hmm. uh, it, I, I tell you what, he—I I mean, I've been saying it for a few. I feel like I've said it a few shows now. I'll say it again. He—he he will. I would bet money he gets called in for that Ukraine game, and it wouldn't shock me if he starts. You know, he—he's been starting regularly now, and I think he has that advantage over. You know, when you talk about a European-based squad. And the fact that he's playing, I mean, even Jermaine Jones, I mean, as an example, Jermaine Jones hasn't played uh, this yeah. year, right? I mean, he hasn't, I mean, he, he hasn't played for his new team yet. Uh, I thought I thought he might make his debut uh, for Bashik this, uh, on this weekend, but he didn't. Uh, so you know what? Danny Williams absolutely could start against Ukraine. Uh, another player that uh, is, is also looking to uh, find a way to Brazil, Sasha Kleshin, he scored a goal and had an assist this past weekend. I mean, he's obviously going to get caught up to Ukraine as well. I, I think he will, but it should be noted that this was his first start of 2014, and it's actually his first appearance in three games. And it, it, this wasn't a case of him being injured, as, as far as we could tell, because he'd made the bench for Anderlecht for the past three games, and uh, actually the past you know four games, he he, he made the bench and uh, he only played one of the games. So we're talking about DNP coaches' decisions, which if you're getting a few of those in a row after being a regular starter. It makes you wonder what's going on there. So uh, it is interesting. He got back in the lineup and he made the most of it. He, mm-hmm. he had a goal and an assist. First game back, uh, you know, he'll be there. I think he'll be part of the, a group that plays plays Ukraine. I don't know if he starts, but you know, it, 
it's you know he's back in the lineup at under like just in time. His assist was nice, man. It was. Uh, if, if anyone has, if anyone wants to see these goals, just go to soccerbyivis.net and then go to the Americans Abroad Weekend Rewind. You can see all the goals right there. His his assist in that game was really nice. Also, uh, Terrence Boyd had a goal as well. I mean. We don't talk about him as much because there's a lot of other guys that do. I mean, but Terrence Boyd over the last couple of years just is is has been unbelievable for for Rapid Vienna. So I mean, another goal for him just continues his uh, impressive run, Ivis. Well, it, it, yeah, he 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 was the fourth American uh, or the fourth U.S. player uh, to score this weekend, and he actually, even though it was a consolation goal in a, in a game that his team lost, uh, it, it was interesting that he scored on his birthday. Sunday was his birthday. Uh, happy birthday, Terrence Boyd! Mm-hmm. And uh, he he got himself a nice little birthday present with uh, with another goal. It's uh it's always nice. I, yeah, I've never scored on my birthday, so or, or, well, what, well, what type, what what? type of score are we actually talking about? Your, your, yeah, well, hey, your birthday's tomorrow, and you have a girlfriend, so anything's possible. <laughs> I hate you. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> yes. Uh, thank thank you, Ivis. I'll I'll take that as you wish me happy birthday. <laughs> of course. What are you, how old are you now? Twenty three. Twenty seven. Twenty seven on Monday. But but uh, my co ed team, Divas FC, we have a game on Monday night. So maybe I'll score. Maybe there you maybe, go. maybe maybe I'll, I'll pull maybe I'll pull Terrence Boyd. There you go. Yeah. Although, have you even scored this year? Have you scored a goal? No, I hit the I hit the crossbar in one of the other games. But I play defense though, so I mean, you know, it's difficult. It's possible. It's possible. I think you're gonna do it. It is, but I mean, we you know we play we play a possession style, Ivis. You know, with overlapping oh, flanks. You know, I mean, you know how it is, dude. Uh, maybe maybe we'll score an own goal. Maybe we'll score. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't think it's happened to me. Except our goalie who doesn't know how to play soccer. This guy just showed up, right? And you know, I mean, who wants to play goalie to begin with? So, like, we teach him as he goes. So, they had a free kick the other day, and I was like, hey, John, like, you know, takes two feet off the line before the free kick came in so he can just, you know, recover easily. Kick comes, and he runs out of the box, and they score an unmarked, you know, an empty box goal. And I was just like, uh, soccer is so difficult to explain to people sometimes. This is a horrible story. Uh, I was moving on uh, to, uh, to talking to Stuart Holden. Um, kind of something interesting came out this week where there were reports that he did sign and then something came out a little bit later that like he did not sign, but but they want to keep him there. Kind of what's what's going on with Stuart Holden right now in Bolton? Well, yeah, yeah, uh, it was an, it was interesting. The Bol- uh, the Bol- the newspaper in Bolton that covers covers Bolton, uh, you know, they cover him pretty extensively. So and anything that happens with the club, they're usually on top of. So they put out a report that you know Stuart Holden was signing a new deal with his with with, with the Trotters. Uh, and then the report changed. Uh, you know, whatever happened, maybe they got some bad info. But the revised story w- w- stated that uh, he's been assured of a new deal, that a new deal is in the works and it's probably going to happen, but it hasn't happened yet. Uh, and, you know, for whatever reason, you know, it's not a done deal yet. So it's kind of almost a non-story in a way because who knows? Things can change, you know. They could uh, they could get they could get relegated and uh, you know they're 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 down toward the relegation zone they're, they're still they got to uh, you know they got to draw this weekend so, so that helped them a bit but you know I, it's you know I just want to see the guy play again right I mean uh, I think uh, you know let's not talk about the contract situation let's see if he can get on the field first right I mean I think that's that's what everyone wants to see everyone wants to see him play again and, and get healthy. Uh, he's taken steps toward that, and he's a lot closer now. But you know, I don't think any U.S. fans should be talking about national team or anything like that. We just want to see him healthy on the field for his club team, and and then let him go from there. Yeah, I yeah, he's just 
it's it's I mean Stuart Hall, man, it's so sad, but I mean he looks so good when he came back too. So hopefully he can regain that. But like you said, let's just let's get him back on the field. Uh interesting interview came out over the weekend. Ivis Ferdy Adu spoke a little bit about his uh situation and where he's at and um kind of what's his plan. Then he's then he made a reference to uh you know, you know, you never know if he could he could go to Brazil. I mean, what, what's what's the latest right now with Freddie Adu, Ivis? Well, the the latest is that he's training at Blackpool, the league championship team, and uh, he he's just kind of in the state of limbo. You know, he's he's figuring out his next move, and and it's it's unclear at this point what that move's going to be. Uh, you know, he hasn't played now since the 2012 MLS season. I mean, he played, he went to, to the, to, to the Brazilian team, but he, uh, he spent a year there, uh, and didn't play much. Obviously he, he, he played sparingly. It was pretty much a lost year. They fired, I don't know how many coaches while he was there. It was definitely a, a, not a great situation. And now he's kind of in, in no man's land. You know, he, he, the, the whole Blackpool thing started out as it was just supposed to be a training stint. It really was not alone. It was just a chance for him to stay fit and be in a kind of structured environment because as a player it's if you're unattached if you're not with a team it's really tough to 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 push yourself and and put yourself in a good in a good level uh in terms of you know just staying staying fit staying sharp but when you're in a team structure if you're with a team with you with a club and you're and you're going through all the motions that you go through with the club it just keeps you at a higher level and that's exactly what the whole Blackpool th- thing was supposed to be. It was supposed to just be a training stint, uh, and and he's he's stayed there long enough now that you know what? Maybe he's impressed them. Maybe they want to get a better look at him. Maybe now there's that possibility that hey, maybe they 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 make him an offer. Um, so I don't know what's going to happen with him. I mean, I I even had I even had sources telling me that 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 uh, the Norwegian team stack. With Bob Bradley was a possibility for him, and might still be a possibility for him. That's that's a little uh, little news for you on the SBI show that that you know bears watching. Uh, and for those of you who remember, Bob Bradley's the one who helped uh, kind of resurrect his career by calling him up to the Gold Cup in mm-hmm. 2011, uh, and and that helped him parlay that into his big contract with MLS and the Philadelphia Union. So I don't know what's going to happen with him, but I mean, for me, the, he, he can play. He's got skill. He just I don't know. Like, it's tough to say, man. I mean, he's just been put in some bad situations. Uh, it, it, you know, he he. It's not. It, it, he's not blameless in it. I mean, I think obviously, uh, it, it's easy to to look at all these other things and, and and say he's had bad luck. But at a certain point, you have to take some some account. There's got to be some accountability, you know. So I don't know what's gonna happen with him. But I, you know what? He's 24 years old. He's got talent. So I think he's gonna end up somewhere in Europe. If I had to guess. Well, Ivis, uh, moving over to Major League Soccer, completely shifting gears. Toronto FC and their uh, dream offseason has uh, continued. We talked about the rumors last week. They became official. Uh, Julio Cesar signed with Toronto FC, the Brazilian goalkeeper. Um, I mean, look, Ivis, Toronto, uh, total transformation compared to last year. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's not even the same team. It's crazy when you think about the the complete roster overhaul. Now look, in MLS we know that teams can can revamp their team and and make a lot of wholesale changes, but Toronto has taken it to a whole another level because not only have they made changes, but they've made big money acquisitions. Michael Bradley, Jermaine Defoe, Julio Cesar, uh the forward the, the Brazilian forward Gilberto, uh some of the trades they've made, Justin Morrow, 
uh, Jackson. Uh, it's crazy. It's crazy, man. And now, you know, Julio Cesar to bring him on loan, a $6 million goalkeeper coming on loan. And it, it's, uh, they, they, they've got themselves a nice team. Uh, I know, I, I can tell you, you already have Toronto fans going crazy and talking about how great this team is and it's the best lineup in the league. And settle down, folks. I know you haven't had much to be happy about and cheer about and, and brag about as a Toronto FC fan, but take it easy. Dwayne De Rosario as well. You added him in the offseason. A lot of good additions. I think they're going to be a playoff team, uh, you know, barring a just really bad job by Coach Ryan Nelson. And that's who really the the, the real pressure's on is is Ryan Nelson to put it all together. And and that's that's going to be the tough part because it's easier said than done uh, to get a bunch of pieces to to fit together to get to you know get it all to work. Mm-hmm. And he's an inexperienced coach, and he's gonna it's it's you know it, it's going to be a sink or swim thing for him. He's either going to do great, uh, a la Mike Petke. Or he's going to do really bad and not make it to the summer. So I think you could see either one of those situations. For me, I think with all the talent they have on that team, I think they're a playoff team, uh, which would be the first time in that team's history mm-hmm. that they've had a playoff team, that they've been a playoff team. But I, I really do think they have the talent there. Uh, down in uh, Miami, Ivis, uh, David Beckham's uh, new franchise. Apparently, rumors uh, came out that Miami Vice was purported as a name. That, that got shot down, but... Um, I mean, seriously, I, I, it better not be Miami Vice. That that's just ridiculous. Well, it's funny, you know. The Palm Beach Palm Beach Post reported that uh, it reported last week. They put a report out that that Miami Vice was 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 seriously being considered as a potential name for the for Beckham's team. Now, uh, his publicist Simon Oliveira came out on Twitter uh, the evening that the story came out. The the story came out in the morning. It was all the rage all day because you had, you know, you had people on one side. You had people like, oh, this would be amazing. Uh, it, it, and you, you half wondered if they, they thought it was amazing because of the, the comedy factor. Uh, I think I have a feeling that was it in a lot of ways. But then you had the other half that people who were absolutely uh, uh, just terrorized and who thought, what an awful, awful, awful idea. It makes the league a joke. It's an embarrassment. You know, blah, blah, blah. So obviously that evening, uh, Simon Oliveira, the David Beckham publicist, goes on Twitter, completely shoots it down. He and the writer of the original report go back and forth on Twitter. Actually, I got involved in it somehow just because I I, uh, I think I retweeted uh, Oliveira's initial tweet shooting it down. And and then the author saw that and responded to, to me and, and, and Oliveira. And then they went back and forth and it, it was all pretty funny. Uh, but. Let's face it, folks. It's not going to be my advice, right? I mean, I'm not saying uh, this is. I'm not taking any shots at the Palm Beach Post and the reporter who wrote that story, but I can't possibly imagine that it realistically ever could have been Miami Vice, right? I mean, it's a you know, you got copyright issues. It's just a little cheesy. It is cheesy. That's why it sounds horrible. Yeah, it's 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 not it's not happening, folks. It's not happening. Was it ever realistically something that was going to happen? I don't think so. You know what I think it was. I think it was a PR stunt. I think it was something, let's float this out there. Let's get some buzz. Let's get some free advertising. People will freak out about it. And at least people will be talking about our team. And that's, I think, what happened. I think, I'll tell you, I, I, it wouldn't shock me if this was all orchestrated. And we're talking about it. <laughs> yeah, P, that, hey, it was the story that day. It was the story. Try, it was he, People just could not stop talking about it. I thought it was hilarious. And it, you know what? 
if if it really was that was really the intention and people and you know the Beckham's people they planted that story. That's genius. Genius move on their part. We we've reached <laughs> the end of the show, so uh, we have nothing else to talk about, man. Because we're gonna do three shows this week, so so we we don't we don't want to you know ruin everything. I think we covered everything. I think we caught up on 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 the topics that you know people were talking about last week. Uh, I definitely think the the Beckham thing, the Freddie Adu thing, the Julian Green story, the USA Mexico story. We mm-hmm. we, we we caught up. We caught up on everything. And uh, I tell you what, before long we're, we'll be back in the swing. We'll have a uh, U.S. U.S. Ukraine, and then we'll have the start of the MLS season. So so things are gonna things are gonna ramp up uh, pretty soon before we know it. Yeah, I can't, I can't wait for this month to be over, man. It's been like insane. Just so much soccer. Can't wait to just go back where it's just games on the weekend. Could oh, be so nice. <laughs> what are you talking about? This is the best time of year. Uh, MLS is rolling around. And tell you what, this week you got Champions League, the uh, UEFA Champions League, uh, some pretty juicy matchups: Barcelona, Manchester City, uh, Arsenal, Bayern Munich. Uh, some great ones. So it's gonna be. I tell you what, this weekend. Uh, so I'm sick, as as I think people can hear on 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 this recording. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I'm still sick. I'm recovering. So I spent a lot of time in bed this weekend just watching soccer, and, and it was great. There was, there was some just quality action all across the uh, all across the globe. Got a chance to to watch some of the Americans <laughs> abroad. Obviously, you got you know got to see the Aaron Johansson Juan Agudelo battle. Uh, got to see Danny Williams play. Got to see Will Packwood play for uh, Birmingham City, the young center back. Uh, you know, th- thankfully. Uh, the folks over at BN Sports are, are, are picking uh, good league championship games to, to broadcast and giving us a chance to, to see some of these, uh, you know, Americans that are playing in that league. So uh, it, w- it was good. It was good. So I tell you what, we're, we're, the countdown is, is fast approaching. We're th- about, what are we, three weeks away now? We're, ju- we're a little less than three weeks away now. From the start of the MLS season, and uh, you know what? It's good. It'll be here before we know it. I'm already soccer burnt out, man. I'm done for 2014. Just too much. Take a break, man. Take a week off. Don't don't watch. Well, see, you work it. See, you kind of work in soccer now, so you know it's tough for you. And now you're doing the TV stuff. So. I know. Yeah, man. And uh, I mean, there's going to be more. Obviously, the the World Cup. We're going to have ex- extensive and exclusive coverage at the World Cup. You know, with the SBI show going to Brazil. <laughs> settle down, settle down. Let's not think that far ahead, man. I'm not even trying to think about Brazil right now. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm focused on Monday. That's what I'm looking at. Monday, I'll be at Red Bull Arena. There's the, the, you know, big media day with, with, with players from all across the league. The, you know, the league's got this event. Uh, but you know what? Before you know it, start of the season, I'll be in uh, Seattle. I'll be in Portland. I'll mm-hmm. be in LA for Galaxy Club Tijuana. Uh, and then before you know it, it's April and it's USA Mexico in Phoenix, and we're gonna be partying it up. So it, it's yes, we we I've had I've had a good I've had a good month now, you know, at home, no traveling, just chilling out with the family. But it's time to get back on that grind, get back on the road. It's gonna be, uh, dude. Phoenix is gonna be fun, man. I'm, I'm, if anyone listening to this, we're, I was gonna throw an epic party. I just want to let everyone know that the party, the party is it's gonna not, be yeah, insane. Project. It's gonna be Project X. No, right? it's gonna not- be Project XXX. <laughs> All right, now you're just being silly. No, listen, it's not even that we're gonna have a party. <laughs> we're gonna have a gathering for for listeners and and readers. You know, just it's always great to meet uh, people who who you know who read your stuff and who listen to the show. And it's it, it's great to meet them and, and talk to them about the show and, and 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 the site and get get you know feedback. That and that that stuff is invaluable. 
and it, and it means a lot too. It means a lot to to meet people who actually enjoy the stuff that we do. Uh, you know, Garrett got a little taste of that in uh, in Kansas City at MLS Cup. You got a little taste of the SBI stardom now, so it's good. It's good. I, see, I was. Uh, yes, you know what? I do appreciate. I won't say anything else. I, I do appreciate everyone <laughs> saying that they love the show. I'd always it always freaks me out because I don't know why it does. Like, I'm always like, thank you. <laughs> I, I don't I don't know what else to say. It always it always freaks me out when people say that. Anyways, I was. Uh, Time to wrap the show. I'll talk to you later this week. So, Ivis and I will have two more shows later this week for everyone listening. Uh, and, you know, and, and as always, Ivis and I appreciate the comments, reviews on iTunes and everything else. So, Ivis, man, I'll let you go because you know what tonight is, Walking Dead, and I need to start getting ready for it. Tell me about it. Oh, how to, how yeah, awesome I need was to last week? Oh. Well, not just Walking Dead. Listen, I don't know if you have HBO, but True Detective is the best new show on television. Matthew McConaughey. Uh, Woody Harrelson. It's a gr- unbelievable, amazing show. Uh, four episodes in, and uh, I can't get enough. I highly recommend it. I'm not allowed to have HBO. My mom says it's too violent for me to, to watch. Nah. Yeah, right. <laughs> oh, but you watch Walking Dead. Okay. That's on regular cable, though. <laughs> yeah, but it's worse than it's worse than a lot of stuff on HBO. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, Walking Dead is going to be great tonight. Uh, all right, man. Uh, I guess I'll let you go. Uh, I'll talk to you this week. All right, man. And as always, everyone, thank you for listening. Thank you for the comments. This is The SBS Show.